I usually forget to push the record Roll. button, but I just did now. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, was I supposed to record that last episode? <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine? Oops. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so apparently we're going to talk about storytelling and it's important and ba- it's, so our our guest is named Elizabeth Barry and here we have Barry the maintenance guy right oh, oh. so Barry the maintenance guy you've you you know storytelling is is important right and scientific report from California was saying the same thing <laughs> you know Barry I got a question for you before we get started before we go I know you're you're pretty aware of Elizabeth she's a very popular speaker but what about the language she uses what do you think about the way she communicates and they were cussing up a storm. Profanities <laughs> left, profanities right. Yep. Right? What kind yeah, of Barry, you've nailed use? Elizabeth Every down. She's the walking F bomb. <laughs> yeah, I know. Embarrassing. But true. All right. Well, we don't use those kinds of words on this show. Not always. But Mike, where's that clip of, of Trump saying wrong? Wrong. I will build oh. a great, great wall. Go! No, uh, that, it's it's buried. I'm sorry. That's all no, I got. No, because last episode, I was like, I, like two or three times, I was joking. Wrong. I was like, wrong. Oh, this one. Here it is. Here it is. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> It's just not cut Wrong. right. Someone's voice at the end. Wrong. I think it's Hillary Clinton like jumping right on him and saying, no, right, right. He's Wrong. like, oh, right. It's the greatest clip. Know. Well, welcome everyone to the Profit First Podcast. <laughs> Episode 128. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yes. Where are you, Elizabeth? I'm here, baby. I'm here. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 128. <Wow. laughs> oh, yes. You scream so loud, your computer. <laughs> My computer turned on. <laughs> Down the hallway. <laughs> what? How is that? I don't know. That was so freaky. The computer, like, oh, holy crap, what's going on? Jump to well, life. Welcome, everyone, to the show, the Profit First Podcast. My name is Chris Kern. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording and Pause Your Life. And I'm Mike McCallowitz, the author of Profit First. And so, like, sir, and have you bought Surge? That's my newest book. Yeah. The Pumpkin oh, yeah. Plan. Profit First is being re-released as a second edition. All that stuff. Uh, and I'm joined in studio by Christina Bulldog. Hi again. She's back. Yes. <laughs> you haven't quit your job yet. No, you threw, you not yet. A few times. Not yet. Like, I really, this kind of sucks. <laughs> She's back. And you, you're back too. Back listening to the Profit First Podcast. This is a show where we discuss all the elements of profitability. And uh, we started off last week with, with brand positioning, your personal brand, and how the outside world sees you. Today, we're going to take a little bit further and see how you can communicate with the outside world through storytelling. And none other than Elizabeth Barry is going to be joining us in just a minute to do exactly that. That's right. I'm psyched for this one. And you can find us as a podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe and rate and review us as well. You know, you can give us five stars. You have our permission. And it really helps the show a lot. helps more people find the show. A lot of people love the show because it's not about revenue. See, revenue no. is revenue is, <laughs> but profit is. Boop, boop. Oh, I totally screwed him up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what rhymes with a a tone. Like I don't even know how to rhyme with that. Well, that's profit right. is great. That's, that's what I'm gonna say. Oh, I need it. I need to. So there's so a profit is great, and um. Uh, no, I'm so confused. Revenue is great and profit you'll never hate. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Don't hesitate. Yes. Don't Don't hesitate. hesitate. I was going to say, like, it it builds the slate foundation for your house, but that was so bad. (laughs) So bad. Profitfirstpodcast.com. Have you been to that website? Profitfirstpodcast.com. 
Have you binge listened to our show on a Saturday? I mean, Wrong. people are talking. You know, some people go on Vision Quest. They take a bunch of mushrooms, you know, yeah. mushrooms and go trip out in the desert. Some yeah. people binge listen to this show. That's just what they do. It's true. Elizabeth is absolutely true. <laughs> I think someone emailed us I, I, I and said they're binge. I, I actually did that. Have you done really? it? Really? Last time I was out in LA, I went into the, uh, the desert there and took a few shrooms and Binge on your shows. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh. Very nice. So, so Chris, uh, where can people find out more about us, bro? Where can they listen into us? Yeah, profitfirstpodcast.com. That's the oh, website. Oh, you said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. my God. <laughs> That's like the Dude, I think I'm tripping Chooses. now. <laughs> Dude, what have you been up to, bro? Um, I hurt my back. Uh-oh. And the, the very lower back, like the very lower, like right above my butt skin. The cornhole? Right? So <laughs> You've heard, but you injured your cornhole. That's what you want to say. And usually it only lasts a couple days. But right when I hurt my back, it was like right on a Saturday, my wife and I decided to do a bunch of house cleaning. And we're like, okay, we're going to do some house cleaning. And I was vacuuming. So I hurt my back. And as soon as I hurt my back, I realized like I had to finish vacuuming. And my wife's out in the backyard raking leaves. And I'm like, how am I going to leave my wife out there by herself raking leaves? So I went out, I, I continued to work the whole rest of the day and I really messed up my back. That's been hurting for like two weeks now. It's still not better. And I think I messed it up. Elizabeth, did you ever hurt your back in a, in the desert near LA while you were eating mushrooms? <laughs> not during that, during a Pilates, Pilates class a long time ago. And that was pretty much the, uh, the worst experience of your life. Don't hurt your back, whatever you do. <laughs> Don't hurt your back while you're listening today. That's for sure. <laughs> So what do I do though, Elizabeth? Do I just literally lay down for three days? Yeah, and... you actually do. Um, you lay down for a few days. You put ice on it. Um, ice. They say ice and heat, but ice actually works for me. And uh, within three days, you should be you should be pretty good. But definitely, like lay down during the day. That's that's what I had to do. It was it was right. awful. It was awful. I should learn how to do these podcasts while I'm laying down. <laughs> so, uh, this is so funny like we we on our side here just totally dropped and i thought you got pissed at me chris yeah I, you like didn't answer because we like, like you, chris you're like i hurt my back i'm like like how far and you're like down really low i'm like your cornhole and then it just went silent <laughs> it went silent it went silent and i'm like oh he got, that was that was the too far i went too far finally wow yeah wow. what am i gonna need to fix my back you're gonna need a couple of horses, <laughs> a couple of mules, saws, hammers, no. nails, monkeys, pumas, <laughs> yeah, beans, coffee, and biscuit, and a little <laughs> piece of fat back. Oh, I, oh the fat, I totally forgot fat the fat back. back. I stepped on the fat back. Yes, yeah, slathered up with fat back. All right, we got to get rolling. So I, I want to skip everything else. Oh, except for shout outs. Do we have any shout outs? We do have a shout out. This is from Dale Nichols. And he actually is a recent fan. He said, hi, uh, Mike, Christina, and Chris. I wanted to let you know that I promote the Profit First book and podcast as the Pay Yourself First Envelopes, Dave Ramsey Method in Percentages. He actually was turned on to us by um, the Jonathan Potoshnik episode oh, from Service yes. Autopilot. He's a member of that. So he listened to that episode and he was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And he has actually now been downloading and binge listening to us. And he said that we are changing how he handles his business. Dude, you're my brother. You're my brother. And I'm actually, 
shoot. When we're recording this, uh, I'm leaving for Dallas, not tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow. 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 I think I'm going to that event to speak there. You are. Yes, service autopilot. All right, Maybe man. See you there. Well, hopefully we had drinks together. Mike's such there. a rock star. He's like, I think I'm going to that event. I think I'm speaking there. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. <laughs> I tell you, he's such a tool. And every every time I run into someone, I'm like, oh, I heard you're speaking at so and so. I'm like, I am. <laughs> I'll have my people call your people. I know. I'm such a tool. But it's, it really, it's just because I'm traveling so much. It's so not because I'm bougie. I'm you know? not a bougie doozy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll tell you who's not tools. It's Nextiva, Receipt Bank, Zero, Fundbox, and Fundera. Oh. I want to thank all those companies. We'll give you more details. We'll sneak, we've got to sneak them in during our interview with Elizabeth. Okay. Those are our corporate partners. Prompt me. All right. Her name is Elizabeth Barry, and she is a seasoned brand marketer and sought after marketing coach and consultant. She actually owns Elizabeth Barry Consulting, but she's also a curator for the TEDx events that uh, populate the New York City area. Oh. I spoke <coughs> I got, oh my god I got a fly in my throat that's how I started my speech He's hold on I need to get a slug up, of water Elizabeth uh, well that you know I have that effect yeah oh. you choked me up well you had me speak at the Hoboken event you did mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. two three years ago I've been to many TEDx events world class and you did it on a budget. I couldn't believe it and then you did another one and you just pulled off another one uh, yeah. TEDx women yeah. just recently right yeah yeah I did this one pretty much myself in uh, a month and a half, and it was it was even ten times top top notch than the one that we did that I planned for for seven months in Hoboken. So, Mama's got some skills going on. Mama's got <laughs> skills. Oh, All right, yeah. listener, put your seven point seatbelt strap system on and get ready for a ride. Elizabeth Barry's here on the show. Welcome officially. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the deal, Elizabeth. Besides me having a secret crush on you. If you want game show music, let me know, by the way. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll throw that. We'll throw that on. Okay. Uh, now let me do my build up again. Uh, all right, Elizabeth. Uh, besides me having a secret crush on you, why is storytelling so important? Well, storytelling is important because it's, well, for businesses, right? And it, I, I think that storytelling is important because it, it creates an emotional, con- <clears throat> excuse me, an emotional connection. So... <laughs> For businesses, the same the same thing in your throat there. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some, no, yeah. no. But think about going to a networking event. The way I like to describe storytelling and the importance for brands or companies that when you go to a networking event, what do you do? Well, usually someone asks you, "Well, what do you do?" And of mm-hmm. course, I answer, "Well, I'm a mermaid or I'm a jockey," because I can't stand that question. But if they <laughs> if, if they ask me that question, or if I ask them that question, I usually find two different scenarios. The first thing is. Someone answers with four or five things that have that make no sense to me because they're talking about insider jargon from their company that I have no idea what they're talking about. Or it's a 45-minute story and you're on your second drink and they still haven't reached their point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that storytelling is important for clarifying your message and, and, and having an effective form of communication with the other person or audience that you're speaking to. Because if... if you can't explain it. You don't understand it, and neither do they. <laughs> is is there a structure to storytelling? Is do you just kind of go into a story, or is well, there some kind of elements that are important? I think there's a lot of elements that are important. I think that um, at first you have to kind of ease into the why. Like it's either being safe, you know, staying inside the box, um, thinking, oh, we have to stick to the facts. We this is who we are. These are the bullets, or playing it a little bit more risky and creating a little suave, adding a little sex appeal to what it is that you're talking about. Um, but 
what I what I do is I've I've actually bucketed the storytelling process into five sections where it's first we build you up, then we craft the plan, then we deliver the story, we create a marketing mindset, and then before I let anyone go, I talk about confidence and lessons in handling stress because once you start building your story and getting it out there, you're going to be kind of hit with a, a lot of obstacles out there. But um, there is there is a few tips and tactical plans that you could put into place to tell a good story um, and it starts with where you've been where your current state is and really where you want to go okay so first i want to talk about kind of the sexing it up sexing it up you said uh, you know we can just go with plain old facts or you can put some sizzle to it um but could that jade the facts i mean is that even ethical like wh- how do we sizzle things up but still be true well, to who we are and truthful <laughs> That's uh, that's that's the cool part, right? And that's that's the biggest question on every corporation's mind, right? Uh, are we going to be unethical? Well, yeah. the 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 problem there is this, and if we're talking about corporations here, sexing up anything, it, it's kind of like putting putting having a mannequin. Okay, you can put a rag on a mannequin and put her in the window, and no one's going to look at it. But you could put a, a beautiful sequins black short cocktail dress on it it's the same mannequin but it's it's telling a different story right so Mm. and and the value the value of telling a story for corporations and brands and companies organizations is that they can they can either have what it is that they've been talking about uh for years the same thing or they can they can relate to people and in different ways and i think that uh you know, most people are scared to kind of take that risk. And the problem there is that uh, not only do you have the fear that your customers and your clients might get bored, but heck, dude, if you're the guy or the girl at the top, you're going to get freaking bored at the top. And and guess what? So are your employees. So if you don't consistently evolve your brand's story, great create campaigns, your employees are going to be bored to pieces. They're going to come in, they're going to do a nine to five job, and then they're going to get the heck out of there. And the people that they're talking to, the people that they talk to on the phone at events all day long are going to get that same appeal. So there's not only value in, I'm doing air quotes here, marketing or brand storytelling for your customer and your audience base for social ooh-la-la. It's also for the sanity of yourself as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a CMO, as well as your employee base to get them jazzed up to feel like they have something to come into or to that's inspiring them. How do you evolve your story? I mean, once the story is written, I think it's like a children's book or any other book. It's the same story over and over. Does does a story really evolve and how do you freshen well, it up? I mean, my answer to that would be would be this. Michael, when was the last time you went out with your friends and you had a a few glasses of wine? You had the oh, Jesus, great... about 10 minutes ago. I know, I know, right? Like, <laughs> no. it's five o'clock somewhere. So yeah. You know, you go out with your friends, you have a bunch of wine, a bunch of cocktails, and it was the greatest night ever. You know, you did some karaoke, you danced on a few tables, you came home, and you're telling, you could tell that story for 40 years and Mm. it it never gets old. And there's always something different that comes about. So I think that when, when, I think that there's a fear, 
I think that there's fear and safety where organizations, they come up with that question. They say, well, how can our story evolve? Well, think about ancient times, right? Ancient times created stories through around the fire. They created stories by designing um, images on on walls. I mean, that, that has character, that has grace. And the way my Elizabeth Berry's vision of working with uh, companies and entrepreneurs on evolving their their brand story is doing campaigns, okay? And uh, I think a quarterly campaign is something that you can measure results, you can track, you can benchmark and keep moving forward. You're not tweaking anything, but you're bringing life to the story. And that's how you keep everyone entertained, inspired, educated, and informed. Well, let's put this on a profit first budget. So the folks listening into this show, small businesses, the word campaign to me sounds like money. Um, I don't know if I can afford to do this. Can I, as a small business owner, be doing these campaigns and, and refreshing my stories and telling them in new ways? Yeah, yeah. I think um, what when you're thinking about profitability and brand storytelling, um, I think the thing that comes to my mind is a great quote. It's if if you. If you can't tell it, you can't sell it, you know? Ooh, so, I like that nice. one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, oh. um, and, and, and you're right, Mike. I'm actually faced with that obstacle all the time when I'm starting to market myself. And everyone says, oh, you know, they're immediate. Again, it comes back to fear, the fear base. You, you say the word campaign and it's dollar signs. Um, and for me, I think it might just mean a little bit of consulting. So, um, my, my, my advice is the evolution of your brand can just, it doesn't have to be a huge campaign. It doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars like Pepsi or Coke or IBM or Apple. It can be a little bit of consulting that can help along the way that helps that organizational story get out there in a new way. Because you know what that does? It fights complacency and it gives everybody within the organization and that's a paying attention to the organization a little bit of life and that's where you get that sex appeal and do you find it's also just the spoken word meaning if i went to a local event that i could freshen up my story and then when you know they go around the room and say everyone introduce yourself and you know what do you do for a living that i can actually start building in a new fresh story and market myself that way absolutely i mean i I was very popular within the Hoboken business scene for, for 14 years. And um, one time they asked me to, I was, I created the first woman in business council there. But as I was doing that, one of the presidents was, was sick one day. So I ran the event. Now, of course, I'm rule breaker like yourself. So I went in there <laughs> and I made all these like, instead of, um, they had a breakfast. So I made placemats that were all these inspiring words. And I put them down on everyone's plate because at every single event they go to, that's what they do. They stand up and they're like, hi, my name is Elizabeth Berry and I do this. Well, I Don't! changed the- <laughs> So I changed the rules and I had people talk about what inspires them. They went around the room and by the end of the, by the end of them going around the room, there were people crying and pointing at people across the room saying, and we went to school together and I watched your kids grow up. So again, it's like taking that same story that people have talked about uh, for, for weeks on weeks and weeks and just kind of twisting it around a little bit. It's, there's not, there's no, um, you know, an ethical part about that. You're not changing the facts. It's just giving a, a little bit of a different approach. 
And do you find stories are stickier? Do people remember them longer? And I'll just kind of couch that. When I go to an event and someone stands up and is like, I'm Arthur, I'm an accountant. And he sits back down. I'll never remember Arthur the accountant. But if someone tells a story, uh, to me it seems like it resonates in my mind for a long time, especially a really compelling one because I'll feel compelled to tell others about it. Is that is that true for most people when, when we hear stories are stickier? Well, it, it's definitely it's definitely true. I've seen it happen. I, I ran my events like that for for four and a half years in Hoboken. But I'll tell you one thing, Mike. There's there's two kinds of customers. There's needs based and solutions based customers. So if you're going to an event and and Gary the accountant stands up and somebody's launching a business in that room, they're going to remember that guy because they need an accountant. But half the other room that doesn't need an accountant won't. But if he gets up there and he he's like, you know what? Over the weekend, I went and I flew to, you know, to Morocco and I had a great time at the beach and I hopped on a camel and I came back in 24 hours and it was awesome. Like people are going to remember that guy. And, and the beautiful part about that sticky kind of story is that no matter what Greg did or said, he's going to be able to create three or four times more people networking with him after the fact to want to go up to him because how many times you go to a networking event or, or a business event or a conference and you know there's people standing in the corner with their th- you know sucking their thumb like they don't know how to connect with one another so the 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 beautiful part about storytelling and just having fun with it is just that very moment being able to give a reason for someone to come up to you and say hello does does storytelling translate to profit though? So I, I hear you on the kind of the improving the, your presence and awareness, but do you find it translates into money? Yes, it does. Um, Mike, the, the very essence of that is, um, you know, if you, it, it goes back to that quote, if you can't tell it, you can't sell it. But um, I think what people forget here is that marketing is to sales as to sales as to marketing. And I think that if, if you're not out there creating a reason for engagement, creating a new way to talk to your buyer that can give you $200,000 worth of business, then you're, you're, you're missing out on that profitability because there's always a reason to pick up the phone. There's always a reason to put a white paper out, a webinar, a blog post, an article, to go to an event. I think that complacency and fear um, as well as safety stand in the way of storytelling, which, which can equate to sales and profitability. And uh, just think about the additional networking there. I mean, people come up to me at my TEDx events and, you know, the last event that I had, I went up there and I thought, you know, I had Wayne Dyer's daughter sing. Sky, daughter, Sky Dyer was at my event. I, here, I, here it is. I grew up with Wayne Dyer as my mentor and her daughter singing. And I had all these people coming in from L.A. and Chicago. And, and I was up on the, on the stage and I hosted and, and people wanted to come up and talk to me. I became the star. And who would have thought? And I got all these opportunities because of that. So, again, it's, it's kind of just putting yourself outside the box. How do you walk that fine line between, you know, speaking to your customer or a potential investor or whoever it is and telling them your story and and being genuine versus them kind of thinking, wow, this person's really trying to sell me really hard. How do you how do you walk that fine line and not get to that tipping point? Oh, that's that's a great question. I love that question because um, I, I think it's really just 
um, your belief system, right? If right. you're, if you, if you come off as a salesperson, you, you have, there's no belief there. You're just, you're, you're on the layer. You're like, you're like a box. You are like a, a black box. You come up, you're a mechanic, you shake someone's hand and you're, you're all, you, you look them up on LinkedIn and you say mm. this, 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 this. I worked with someone like that. It was awful to go inside the room with someone like that, as opposed to someone who's more relaxed, someone who comes to the table prepared. Preparedness is something that's so relevant, but yet we forget that, you know, and, and we, we have, we get nervous. So I think that the fine line between being too salesy and being authentic is being prepared, being mm -hmm. relaxed and, and feeling comfort in knowing that you have something different to bring to the table. <laughs> so, uh, you. oh, you got a hallelujah. What, what if I have a, a true blemish on my story? Like, uh, you're too young for this, Elizabeth, but back in the seventies, Tylenol had a real problem when someone was planting, uh, poison in the Tylenol capsules. I don't know if you ever... No, you, I don't know. Yeah, in the 70s. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and uh, Tylenol bounced back, but what if there's something that the world knows about you, big brand or small little brand, but your world knows about you as a blemish? You can't just ignore it, I don't think. Or can you? How do you get around that? Or how do you use story to navigate a situation like that? I think um, those sorts of stories do happen and um, brands do mess up. I mean, this is, we're all human here. Um, you know, there's a lot of human error and these things happen. And now with social media, it's just kind of like turning, turning up the volume with that. I think <laughs> yeah. that the best way to overcome a horrific, um, you know, like a heart wrenching, gut wrenching situation like that is through customer service. Um, customer service is a part of your brand story how you mm. do things, why you do things, you know, the Simon Sinek, why, how, where, when, you know? So I think if, if something does happen within your organization and you, and you have that blemish, um, I think that it can come down to, or, you know, just, it could be very specific for any sort of obstacle, but I think customer service would be a great answer for that because if you, if you come out and you help people, Think about the last time you went um, to call or to call someone to get some sort of help and that person was really kind and nice to you as opposed to being standoffish. Now, mm. when something happens in an organization and you're standoffish because you know that you're in the rut, like you're, you're, your butt's on fire, man. It, but if you're kind and you're empathetic, then the, the other person and or the huge audience base may be empathetic too. This happens with Volkswagen, happens with all these recalls all the time. So customer service can come into play there. Yeah, that's actually, that's a, thank you for that feedback. Yeah. And that is how Tylenol played out that story. When poison was found, uh, two or three people died. It was horrible. Tylenol came out and said, uh, here's what happened. Here's what we discovered. We're recalling every single bottle of Tylenol throughout the country. It cost them millions. And they went and replaced anyone that had Tylenol. He said to ship it and we'll get you a brand new tested one. They went Uber customer service. And, um, but c can small businesses afford to do that too, Elizabeth? If, uh, if I have some kind of blemish, uh, maybe I'm a computer guy and I accidentally actually propagated a virus on my clients' computers. Uh, can I afford to, uh, to actually 
play up the customer service and get that fixed, or do I have to kind of walk away with well, my I tail between it, my legs? I think I, I think it's never good to walk away with mm. your tail between your legs because that 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 lives with you forever, and uh, you you know you got to have a lot of therapy to go back to that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, not all of us can have the funds, uh, but I think that if you are authentic and real and open and honest, I think that people can really empathize with that. So if there's, if there's an obstacle or if there's a situation that's a challenge, some customers may come back and say, well, thank you for being honest. So again, it really would just depend on the situation, but um, I would say never walk away with your tail between your legs. Always come back, and honesty is the best policy with those sorts of things, and as, as well as authenticity. I think, Elizabeth, our listeners can use your help in using storytelling. So uh, I'm kind of going to put you on the spot here a little bit. But if you could share with our listeners where they can find out more about you, but maybe also tell us the story about your company, that would be pretty darn cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, you can find me at ElizabethBarryConsulting.com. And, uh, you know, the cool part about my story is that I was working in the dance industry. I was in sales and I kicked it out of the water. I mean, I blew the sales out of the water as 26-year-olds in New York City at Dance Magazine. And then I went on to their competitors. And I ended up leaving corporate life after a year and a half in New York City. And I said, like, well, I don't want to be selling people that they, something they don't need. I was meeting customers across the country, small business owners that I was selling thousands of dollars worth of ad, ad sales to, and their ads were horrible. Their websites were horrific. So I didn't find it intrinsically rewarding to do that. So I quit and I launched my own business. So I launched the first strategic marketing firm for dance at that point in time because that's what I knew. And uh, I was a strategic marketing consultant. It was a time when websites were really becoming something. So of course my clients were like, oh, we need a website. And I was like, oh yeah, I can, I can build you one. I had no clue what I was doing, but some of my best work was done in the beginning. And I went from uh, evolving from the dance industry into wellness, into entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of women in business. And then I started curating TEDx events. And here I am today, just becoming a more of a brand story consultant. I started something called marketing coaching. Um, it's kind of fun. It's a different sort of, it's a different sort of outlet, right? I mean, sometimes people just want to call me once a week to give marketing advice. I call myself the secret CMO. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know? I love it. And I bet, I assume back in those corporate days, you must've been with those sales on the phone constantly, right? I was, you know, I was the cool sales say, Please just say yes. Say, you gotta say yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was on Oh, phone. cause you were using your next yes. team of phone system. Yes, oh, I was. Yeah. Oh. That was how I do storytelling. Okay, Horrible. Yes. Yay to sponsors. Did, did you travel a lot? Say yes. But, I did. Yes, I traveled yeah. all the time. Okay. Did you use Receipt Bank? Because if you didn't, that's the most powerful tool you can use to organize all the receipts that you collect while traveling. I'm actually going to do that now. No, okay. You zeroed in on that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, good one, Christina. And zero, uh, we don't know if you know this, Elizabeth, is our corporate partner who does an accounting system. Uh, ah. Probably the best, the world's best accounting system. So we highly suggest you consider using that if you're not yet. But I will tell you one thing, and I got to be honest, you're going to get people hiring you just listening to you on the show, and they're going to you're going to get some great clients and then one or two are going to be the bummers and uh, don't blame me, uh, <laughs> but they're going to be the bummers and they're not going to pay on time. 
you should use Fundbox to uh, collect the funds. They don't do collection calls. They just actually release the funds to you. And then when the client does pay you, whenever they do pay you, you simply return the funds to Fundbox. Pretty amazing, right? Little cash flow yeah. acceleration. Did I hit all our, par- our corporate partners there? Did I miss someone? Uh, Fundera. Oh, Fundera. Fundera. No, we did next TV. That's why I, I kind of tried tricking. I'm, I'm like, do you use the phone? She's like, I never use the phone. I never- <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave Fundera as the cliffhanger. But uh, Elizabeth, thanks again for joining us. One more time, where what, where can they go, our listeners go, to find out more about you? Great. We'll have that in the show links. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Right. Okay, and uh, there is one more corporate Man. partner I want to thank, Chris. It is oh, Fundera. Please, it is Fundera. Fundera. Yes. And what Fundera does is, if you need a loan for your business, uh, we're actually getting new uh, equipment. I'm gonna talk with Ron, but some new equipment for the new office for our podcasting, so we can get another microphone on there. Yeah. Uh, we don't need a loan because we take our profit first. Yeah. We got the money, but. In some cases, you do need a loan. Fundera is a one-stop shop. You don't have to go to all the individual banks anymore. You just go to Fundera, F-U-N-D-E-R-A.com, and they search out the loan for you. Come back with the best options. You pick what you want, and boom. And there's no fee for, for, for Fundera. There, yeah. <laughs> no. There's no I fee. I mean, who wants to fill out 19 different loan applications? No, Seriously. I do. I do. That was a joke. <laughs> I No, no one does. You're crazy. Back in your hole if you feel that way. <laughs> Jeez. All it right, I think we got our corporate the partners. Basket. If we didn't, um, sorry. 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 So, dude, Chris, what did you learn, bro? Yes, well, I learned a lot, actually. Uh, one thing I will say is there's an old saying I learned from sales training. Uh, when you asked her, does this, you know, do stories really help, you know, grow profitability? And she said, yes. And she said, mo- mostly focused on the sales process. And there's an old quote that says, facts tell but stories sell. Oh. So you can tell somebody facts all day long and they don't care. But the stories are what sells. So if you, t- you tell the story of, you know, a client that you have that you worked with and it went really well and they were really happy. Or maybe a time when you had a client and there was some catastrophe and you miraculously fixed it and made it all better. Um, those stories are the things that actually push people past that point when they'll and, the, and then they'll hire you. So in terms of sales, which I know sales is revenue, uh, you can definitely build your revenue with stories. Dude, that's juicy. Juicy. Yeah, juicy. Juicy. <laughs> juicy Frody. What do you got? I think just, you know, when she hit on don't be ashamed of your mistakes. You know, no, nobody's perfect. Your company isn't flawless. And don't run away from that. You should own it and use it as part of your story to say, hey, you know, we made this mistake. This is how we grew from it. And this is why we're here at a better place now. So when you make a mistake, don't build a wall around it. Admit it. I will build a great, great wall. Don't! Oh, right. Donald. I just love that sound. I love that he says great, great. Like, like that's his adjective. Instead of, I will build a magnificent wall. I will build a huge wall. I will build a great, great wall. Well, it's like greater than the Great Wall of China. That's the thing. The Great Wall of China is only one great in their name. So he put two. My wall will be greater than the Great Wall of China. I will call it the Great, Great Wall of America. It's a spectacle. <laughs> Funny, you're making fun of him, but by the time this airs, he might be president. I know, and he'll put me in jail. First I put Hillary. Now I'm going to put McAllis shits in jail. Um, all right. Last thing I wanted to share for my takeaway was 
it was something she snuck in at the very end. She goes, you know, social media turns up the volume. So when there's negative stuff, social media starts chit-chattering yeah, about the negative stuff. And you can't avoid it anymore. It's kind of like ripples in the water. You drop a pebble and it just keeps on going out. That's what social media does. Even if you're a micro-small business, one person starts yip-yapping about what they don't like, it starts spreading out. Powerful stuff. Chris, really? And she also said, be prepared and be relaxed, too. I, yeah. thought, I thought those were wise words as well. Dude, she's that type of person. She came to my house, this is like uh, maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago now. Uh, uh, we were talking business, and this is, you know, my house is where our business is. She sat down, there's a bench in the living room. She sits down and she does the yoga style sitting. Mm. And you know when someone can do that on a hard bench, that they are relaxed, <laughs> that they are chill. That takes talent. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she starts doing this yoga stuff on a bench. All right, Chris, take us out of here, bro. Yes. So, by the way, profitfirstpodcast.com. Dot com. Ready? Bruh. That's that's the URL. The URL. The Universal Record Locator. Is that what it stands for? Universal. Yeah, that's exactly what it stands oh. for. Profitfirstpodcast.com. All our episodes, and you can find links there to iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, every place you can hear us. I hope you're subscribed already. You can subscribe to our show. You can also rate and review our show. You can give it five stars, and you can write in there, Mike McCallowitz is so handsome and dreamy. Shut up! No, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Profitfirstpodcast.com. And of course, behind everything, behind Mike, behind Christina, is the one and only Obi-Ron Kenobi. <laughs> and you have built... Profit First Professionals. It's an organization that is absolutely changing the world. It's such a no-brainer that I'm surprised it took this long. But wow, a company that provides people to you that are going to actually stand by you and hold your hand and lead you to the profit land. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow, he nailed it. So, um, oh, my wife just got on the airplane. She has her seat. I just want everyone okay. to know. She just texted Good. me. She's found her seat on the airplane. Okay. Good. <laughs> So, we're only two years old. You know that? We just had our- We second, are two. Yeah, we've turned two years we're old. toddlers. Christina, me, and Ron are kind of the original gang. Uh, <laughs> and then Aaron came on, Haludge, Kelsey recently, Eleni right before, Lenny Kravitz before. And uh, now we're looking for two more people. So, yeah. if, if you want to work with the most awesome, insane company in the world that's changing the world- Email Christina at Christina MikeMcCallowitz.com is one way, or Christina at Profit First Professionals. With now, a K. With a K. Now, what is Profit First Professionals? We're an organization set out for with one purpose and goal in mind, to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. If you are not taking a profit distribution every quarter from your company, you're experiencing entrepreneurial poverty, and we're going to fix it. Here's what you need to do. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Do it right now. There's no time to giggle gaggle around. Then click on the Find button. Fill out the form, gives a little information about your business. We'll introduce you to an accountant, a bookkeeper, or a business coach, depending on your needs, who will help drive profitably in your business for every single quarter. You'll be having a profit distribution. Now, here's the deal, yo, pal. You need an accountant or a bookkeeper anyway. You're probably working with a coach anyway. Why not have someone that's already masterfully skilled in that and can drive profit in your business? Well, that's what we do. Again, ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Go there right now. Do not dilly-dally. Go to the find a- button, fill out the form. We will hook you up. It's insane. Hallelujah. You know, everybody wants to have their own company, but like me, I don't, I'm don't. i not a business person. I'm not a Bruh. true entrepreneur. 
I'm more of a technician. So a lot of people want to have businesses and earn money, but they don't know how to make profit. And that's where Profit First Professionals comes in. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Mike and Christina and everyone in the background over there. And yeah. Oh, I messed up my mute. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And look, we really are happy to be part of your profit journey. So thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. See ya. Yeah, oh yeah.